The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. We, uh, we are going to talk about, I guess, the, the idea of it being better to give than to receive. Uh, unusual text today. Uh, last week we went to Luke chapter 2, which is, you know, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, all the worship be taxed, and they went to Bethlehem and brought forth the firstborn child in swaddling clothes and the shepherds in the, you know, in the fields by night, and the angel came, and we did all that last week. This week we're going to look actually at Luke chapter 7, which I'm going to guess last week was the most popular Christmas text ever. This week, we'll, uh, I might be the only guy in America who's talking about, or in the world, talking about Luke chapter 7 today. Uh, and I want to, before we get into that, before we get into this message that God has, has, I think, placed on my heart, I want to give a little bit, if I can, of a caveat. I want to say this. I like gifts. <laughs> okay. I mean, you mean you like giving gifts. I mean, I like gifts with my name on it. I got to be real honest about it. Uh, I am glad, and I'm pretty much like all things Christmas. You know, we've been to every light display in town, uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks, you know, to look at what's going on uh, every show. And I, I like that. I want to say that ahead of time. Uh, because, you know, when are you preaching against anything, you know, that has to do, in fact, um, I want to tell a story of my best Christmas memories ever, but I wanted to give you that caveat because I didn't want you to think, boy, he really thinks he's a wonderful person. Uh, I am far from that. I like gifts. <laughs> I kind of want, you know, I get up in the morning and where's my gift? Uh, yeah, that, that type of thing. But if I go back and I try to think about the greatest Christmas memory that I ever had, the best gift, if you will, honestly, there is one Christmas morning that comes to mind. Uh, when our kids were little, our church had had this big Christmas program, and they had these giant boxes, like uh, appliance boxes, that they had decorated to have giant presents up on stage. And when they were done with it, I said, hey, can I have those? And I took these giant boxes home, and it was perfect on Christmas morning. I mean, this was you know, a sad story of uh, poverty or whatever like that, but we didn't have a whole lot or anything like that. But for my son, we gave him his first Game Boy. Okay, it was used. We bought it for twenty dollars. Uh, she found it in the newspaper, and we bought it for twenty dollars. It had a couple games with it. We had two uh, Mario Karts. <laughs> I never did win, but anyway. Uh, but uh, but we had so we had this old uh, uh, TV, you know, box TV underneath it with uh, with the uh, Game Boy, uh, and it wasn't Game, whatever it was, PlayStation. That's what it was. Uh, and they, they had it set up, and you know, so all you had to do was lift up this box, and this was the gift that he wanted more than anything. We knew it. Underneath my daughter's box was a pet rabbit. Okay. Uh, and why? I don't know. But there, there was a pet rabbit, and she just wanted this pet more than anything, and she would love it to death, and she did. But uh, the, uh, you know, so, <laughs> rabbits can only handle so much handling. Uh, so, uh, the, but anyway, I just remember that morning because I was so excited for that morning because I had the gifts that I knew they wanted. Do you, do you know what I mean? And that's the only, I can't really remember. I remember this I got yesterday, uh, my Mr. Roger sweater. But other than that, I, I don't remember any gifts that I've received. But I remember the gifts uh, that, boy, I was so excited because I had that gift to give away. A few years back, Francis and I did a, we said, okay, this year, you know, we, uh, let's just do something different. 
We each have $75. You have to buy something for the other person that they wouldn't expect. Something that's no list. You can't tell me anything you want. You can't give me that list. I have to go into the store and say, lady, could you fill this? Uh, like she did this year. You couldn't do that. Uh, you, uh, you just have to say, uh, get something special. And uh, I remember, uh, I'm pretty proud of myself for this. This I will pat myself on the back. I put together online a love book. You know, they had little cartoons of her and I. And, uh, you know, different way, what reasons why I love her. Yeah. Christmas morning, she was crying. Yes. Uh, and it was tears of joy. But, you know, but I, again, those are the things I remember is the time, if you will, of giving things away. Okay? Not, not making her cry. Yeah, I've done that before. But, uh, but, uh, but of actually, you know, giving that special gift. And this idea that giving is so much more powerful and so much bigger blessing and everything like that is what we want to consume our lives. Uh, we want it to consume uh, not Christmas, not just Christmas, but we want it to just consume our lives. That Boy, if I come with that mindset of what can I give to other people, it's so much more powerful. If I come to church with a gift of praise to Jesus, and I can't wait to come here and just worship the king rather than sitting there and just kind of analyzing what's going on, man, how much more powerful that is. I have a couple of folks I won't embarrass, but Dave's one of them. Uh, he'll text me sometime, and he'll say, Pastor, I pray all the time for, uh, you know, for God. God to use your message. And uh, did you ever watch David Church? He gets excited. He listens to everything I say. Uh, he's passionate about it, and, and he clings to it because he comes with that heart of saying, hey, I'm coming to worship the king. I'm coming to, to celebrate him. And, and he gets so much out of it because that, and I just love that mindset. Listen, um, in my lifetime, I've watched a change in the church, and I, I want to say this carefully because I don't mean to insult anybody uh, that does things passionately for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so I won't even mention the names, but there was a very well-known, prominent national pastor that decided he would start a church by going around and asking people what they liked and didn't like about church. And he said, you know, hey, basically, and he tried to design it. His mindset was, I want to reach people who wouldn't normally come to church. Great mindset, love Jesus, but that's what he did. He went around, he took a little survey of what people liked in church and what they didn't. There was another pastor who wrote a very famous book about the church, and he said, we have to figure out who our target is. We have to figure out who Edwardsburg Ed is and who Granger Greg is, and we got to target them and reach them. Uh, and that's and again, great mindset as far as I want to reach people. There was another pastor who looked at uh, being fishers of men, and he said, we got to figure out who the, what the fish are biting at, and we got to come up with that. And I'm not criticizing any of those things from the standpoint that I know these men just wanted to figure out how to reach people with the gospel, but what we have created sometimes in our churches is a mindset that says, hey, what do people want? Can I give you what you want? And what we want to have in our churches, hey, I want to come and give Jesus what he wants. And what pastors ought to think about is not, hey, how can I give the people what they want today or give them something, but God, what do you want me to do? And God, you know, how can I please you? And we want to you know, have that mindset that's focused on him. Okay, so in Luke chapter 7, there is a story, again, that you wouldn't anticipate hearing on Christmas. But it says, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. We're going to find out later this guy's name is Simon. He is not one of the Pharisees that the Bible talks about becoming a follower of Christ. Some did, but he is not one of them. But he invited Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house. He reclined at the table, and here's what happened. Behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner. Hopefully you get the picture there. Well, uh, some have said Mary Magdalene. We have no evidence that that was her, but, uh, but it was a woman who was known as a sinner. 
And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flax of ointment. Okay? If you study this, if you have a study Bible, if you look at this, very possibly a value of up to a year's salary. What she brought was very precious. And what did she do? Standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Visualize this here for a second. And she wiped them with the hair of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with his ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to him, hey, if this man were a prophet, so here, here's Simon, if this guy were really a prophet, which, of course, Jesus didn't say he was a prophet. He was God's son. But, uh, but he would have known who this woman is, what, kind of, what sort of woman she is that's touching him. She is a sinner. And Jesus, answering, said to him, Simon, let's back up for just a second here before we look at Jesus' response. Do you see what's happened here? This woman's made a scene. Okay, first of all, just walking in, she's making a scene. She doesn't belong there in this guy's house. This is a religious house. This is a Pharisee's house. And she comes in, and picture this. She's weeping. I love this Jesus so much. Remember, Buddy the Elf? I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows. That's how she was. I love Jesus. I love him so much, and I don't care who knows. And, and think about how, you know, the dignified guest would have been looking and going, good night, what in the world is this woman doing, how she's behaving? She's taking her hair and washing his feet. She's anointing him with ointment. She's pouring out her love on Jesus. This is insane. What is she doing? And so they've taken this response. <laughs> yeah, she's a little out of control. So Jesus answered him and said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, teacher, say it. A certain moneylender who had two debtors who owned 500 denarii, who owed 500 denarii and the other 50, and they couldn't pay. So he canceled the debt of both of them. Now, which of them will love him more? And Simon says, well, I guess they're uh, the, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. She has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased but to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins which are many, they're forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this? Who even uh, forgives sins? Can he do that? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. As we examine this story, uh, a couple of weeks ago when we did the Lord's Supper uh, for, for the month of December, um, I, you know, I was talking and uh, ju- I was just saying that my goal this Christmas season was to make sure that I was worshiping Jesus, that that would be the center of my Christmas season. And I said, you know, every day in my little journal for the next day, I would write down uh, just the phrase, I can't believe that I get to talk to you today. And I've done that, and I, and, and I wanted to, to say this. Uh, I, I'm going to say it like this. I've done better about that. I've done better about worshiping the king this year. However, 
I constantly need to be called back to that. So I wanted this morning to call us back to this idea of Christmas being about Jesus, the things that are important. You know, we have all these sappy movies and the uh, Christmas movies, and they all come back to, hey, this is the things that are really important. Well, as far in the spiritual world, we definitely need to do that. And I want it this morning especially to be a time when all of us can take that time. And maybe, again, maybe the weights of this world are so heavy, uh, and you just need to take some time and say, God, help me to just empty myself. I have a quote up here by a, a famous uh, church uh, his, um, from history, a church leader from history named Augustine. And he said this, or Augustine, he, he said, we must empty ourselves of all that fills us that we might be filled with that for which we are empty, okay, uh, with that which, which we are empty. So I want to be filled, and I want to encourage you now just, just in a few minutes to worship him, to stop and praise that Savior, adore that Savior that, Savior, that we could do that together. And to do that, I want to ask a couple of questions. One of those is I want you to think about the story we just read and very simply ask yourself, who do you want to be? Okay, the religious person or the woman that is pouring out her heart, the woman who doesn't care what anybody else thinks, maybe is making even a scene, but she's worshiping Jesus with everything she has. Which one do you want to be this morning? Now, I, I, I need to be careful about this because not everyone expresses their love in the exact same way, and I realize that. You have a culture from your family. You have a culture from your church. And I get that. I have mentioned before, and many of you have experienced this, I am the world's worst hugger. Uh, I grew up in a very cold family. Uh, and seriously, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I'm seeing you for two years. Good to see you. <laughs> you want to shake hands? Okay. Uh, kind of like that. And I still hug like, you know, like, eh, okay, if I have to. Uh, I'm not good. I've, ne I've never really le learned to do that. And not everybody is going to be, if you want to say it, like this woman. But I hope in our hearts we are. I mean, I hope we're saying, hey, I don't really care about anything else. Jesus, the King of kings, I've come to worship him and adore him. I hope in our hearts we are like she is so uh, thankful, so thankful because she knew the depths of her sin. She knew the depths of his love. She knew the forgiveness. I hope we experience that. I have been the last couple of times in particular uh, that we've done communion trying to make a super big deal out of it. And, and I always want to make, uh, make sure I'm saying this. What we take there is a cracker <laughs> and or a piece of corn tortilla. But uh, that's, a, that's an inside joke you don't need to know about. Uh, but a cracker and we take some juice. I am not suggesting that that becomes the body of Christ and we do that. That's something called transubstantiationism. I want to make a big deal about a com communion for this reason, not because there is something sacred about the elements, but because God has called us to a real oneness with him and we want to draw close to him during that time. And we want to be like this woman that understands the depths of forgiveness and so she just wants to pour out her love to Jesus because he loves her so much. We want to get that, okay? We want to understand that, you know, on, on this Christmas. You know, whether it be communion, whether it be the, uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, why is it that I want to preach the gospel over and over again, even though I know that many of you already know the gospel and believe the gospel, but I'm still going to preach it over and over again. I'm going to preach that Jesus Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and they rose again. Why? Because 
I don't want to ever forget that. I don't want to ever begin to take it lightly. I don't want to ever not want to worship Jesus Christ and love him and draw close to him. Why is it that we give an opportunity on Sunday morning to sing his praise and exalt him? And I love to do that together with you. And we ought to so much want to do that. So who do you want to be in the story? You want to be the guy? <sighs> Got to analyze this. Didn't much like the pastor's uh, Mr. Rogers sweater. Uh, didn't much like uh, it's a little warm in there uh, in church. And uh, I noticed one of the poinsettias was wilting just a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, the guy who's doing that or the person's just like, I don't care. Who else is here? And Jesus is here. And I want to worship him and praise him. Who do we want to be? Secondly, how do you want to leave? <laughs> Some of you are like, well, soon would be good. Uh, but uh, <laughs> quickly, uh, I'm, out, I'm out the door. But I was just, again, I'm picturing this story, and I'm thinking about this woman as she left. Jesus had just said, your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine how she left? Jesus just told me. It's Jesus that I loved that I wanted to worship, and, and I got to do that, and now I'm leaving, and my sins are, can you imagine that? That is so exciting to me. That is so, you know, that, that she would be thinking that way. You know, I don't know what the rest were thinking. I don't know what just happened here. <laughs> See that woman? She's wasting all that money with that ointment and everything else like that. You know, I, I can't imagine. But how is it that you want to leave when you come? Bottom line is it, it's, how you leave is based on how you do come. Okay, if I am looking to bring my offering to Jesus Christ, my offering of praise, okay, my offering of worship to him, I love you, Jesus. Uh, if I'm looking to do that, it's totally different, isn't it, as to how we are going to leave. Now, I, I mentioned I, I want to be somewhat cautious here. So um, in closing... Uh, let's get to that. I want, I want to put up one more kind of goofy slide here for a second. That is an advent calendar, okay? I didn't get the clearest thing. Actually, it's about the clearest one I could find. My uh, daughter-in-law called us up uh, back in November, and she said, hey, this year I really want to make Christmas uh, me more meaningful to my kids. She has a 5-year-old and a 2-year-old. She said, could you do me a favor and maybe send some stuff that each day the kids would have something to open, and I'm going to read to them some things about Jesus. And, and so, like, I sent, uh, you know, a letter that, of the prayers that I pray for them, and I wanted to tell them that so she could read it to them, and, uh, and, and also just a little gift, just a you know, cheap little gift each day. And uh, last week, Francis says, so how's that going? And uh, Hannah said, Ter terrible. <laughs> she said, all the kids think about is what's the present going to be uh, that day. They're two and they're five. Okay. Um, and I say that because I wanted to make sure you understand, as, as we're talking about, hey, it's better to give than to receive. I'm hoping that this can be something that kind of takes over our life, that we can destroy in our churches this self-centered, me-first mentality that we can understand what truly is, you know, important and even at Christmas time. But I, I wanted to encourage you to do this. I'm going to encourage you to be an amphibian, 
Okay, ready? Maybe that maybe that'll stick in your head. I used to always uh, there was a baseball player back when I was a kid that he was being interviewed and he was talking about somebody who could use his right or left hand, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, he's one of them amphibians." Um, if you're, I'm glad you're laughing because you understand that is not the right word. Uh, but I always would use that word anytime I do anything with my left hand. I'd say, "Hey, I'm amphibious," and apparently my my daughter never knew I was kidding. So she's in a college biology class. And she used that word. And she said, well, my dad thinks it's that. <laughs> no, I really don't. I understand that's not the word. But I am not encouraging you to be, be able to use, use your hand. Uh, I am going to encourage you to be amphibious in this way. Listen, an, amphibi an amphibian can survive in two different cultures, if you will. Uh, they can adjust to that culture. We need oxygen, Right? To live. We need that for life. Spiritually, we need that spirit and that life that he places in us to live. We need both those things. So uh, again, my Christmas message is not, hey, go home when your kid celebrates their gifts, slap them. Ah, greedy little kid. Ah, you don't want to give more. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that in any way. I don't want anybody to be rebuked, you know, because they open their gift and smile. <laughs> Just what I wanted. Uh, in fact, quite the opposite. I want to suggest that you enjoy everything that, that has to do with the celebration. I want, you, I want you to have a great time, but I do want you to be amphibious, and I want you to realize that more than anything, what this is really about is that relationship that we have with him, okay? In Acts chapter 17, uh, Paul was preaching on Mars Hill, and he told them, he said, that God has orchestrated everything, in their lives, so that all men, in people's lives, so that all men might seek him. And I wanted to just say to you again what I said at the beginning. God has orchestrated that day that you might be here and that you might seek him. And if just for a few minutes, honestly, if just for a few minutes, we can stop, we can lay down, uh, let me go back to First Peter again, lay down those weights. I mean, seriously, in your heart right now, there's something, you know, I just can't get past. I, we've got this thing going on in our family that's so painful and everything like that. Would you do this? Would you just say, Lord, I, I want to lay that down. I want to give that to you. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. God, I want to I get this. Call it by name. God, I want to lay this heartache down. I want to give it to you. I want to praise you. I want to worship you. I want to celebrate you. And I want to invite you. The worship team's going to come back up right now. And we've got a couple of songs we're going to sing uh, in praising him. But I pray that during, the, and again, I'm not looking for anybody to behave a certain way. You worship God. God's created you uniquely. I get that. And God has put your culture together and every, everything like that. But I'm, my prayer has been that everybody would be able to take just a few minutes and worship the King of Kings in your heart. And maybe that means you're singing with all your heart. Maybe that means you're bowing your head and saying, God, I do want to lay these things down before you. Maybe you just want to say, Jesus, I love you. I love you. I love you. I can't believe that you, that you came to this earth to, to save me. But I really hope that together we can worship our king for a few moments here. Our Father, be glorified as we praise you now. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, 
info at edwardsburg.church or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.